Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I often share stories from my work as a chaplain. To protect the identity of those I work with and work beside, I change all the identifying details, but keep the essence of what happened. I've done this for the stories that I'm gonna share with you today. Please come right away. Patient cannot stop panicking. This was the page verbatim. I got late one evening and as I ran to the ICU, I imagined all of the reasons my patient could be panicking. There are so many when you're in the hospital. When I got there, I asked her nurse why our patient was panicking. No clue, John said. We are hoping you can figure it out. I introduced myself to the patient that I'll call Margaret, who was gripping the hospital bed as tight as she could. I sat down beside Margaret and gently asked her what she was thinking about. We just sat there for a long time before Margaret looked at me with eyes full of fear and said, I'm really not supposed to talk about this. You'll think I'm a monster. I let Margaret know that I would follow her lead and that I have never thought a person was a monster. Margaret shook before saying, I know I shouldn't tell people about the past, but I can't block it from my mind. The last time I was in the hospital, I caused someone's death. You'll hate me. Everyone here will hate me. Slowly, at Margaret's pace, I learned about how after working a long shift while in school, Margaret gave a coworker a ride home and fell asleep at the wheel. Her friend died and Margaret was hospitalized for months. She could not experience this hospitalization without thinking about that hospitalization. These are some of the popular phrases that come up in a search of sayings about the past. You can never plan the future by the past. Let go, let God. The past has no power over the present moment. Stop being a prisoner of the past. These sayings show a breakup with the past, an escape from the past, a clean cut, aspirations of running away and not looking back. Maybe there are times when this works, but so often, despite the very popular sayings and teachings, it does not work to completely separate from our past. Sometimes instead of breaking away, sometimes we need to return. And not just to return, but to return with love. The two options often presented to us about the past are being stuck in the past or moving beyond the past and not being affected by it anymore. But there is so much that exists between the all and the nothing. Very little in life is a clean cut, 
we are connected to the past in complex ways. If past experiences bring present feelings of pain, I offer a gentle invitation of returning to the past with love. So often in moments of pain, we aren't able to show ourselves love. We aren't able to find the helpers. We have shame and the shame pushes us to run. And shame can breed crippling loneliness. Sometimes returning with love is about returning with compassion. Let's return to Margaret who had been told by loved ones to never tell new people she meets about the accident so many years ago. Margaret was in the hospital for a few weeks and we met many times. Margaret told me that even if she doesn't talk about it, she thinks about the accident all the time. She had loving family members and friends and no one from that time in her life ever talked about what happened. I would give anything to have gotten more sleep, to have done things differently, to not have worked so many shifts. Margaret said, I asked Margaret if anyone had shown her kindness when she expressed her pain. And she said that she had kind people in her life, but because they never talked about the accident, there wasn't really a chance for kindness. Margaret and I talked about her Christian faith and how she had always loved the ritual of lighting candles in churches for prayer intentions. I asked Margaret what it would feel like to light a candle for her past self who was driving when the accident happened, for her past self who was hospitalized for months, and for her past self who couldn't talk about her pain. Margaret and I started, started turning on an electric candle every time we talked about this time in her life. And when we lit the candle, we named intentions we had for Margaret. Over time, Margaret's intentions came to include love and patience. Margaret was able to discharge from the hospital and she tells me that when she thinks of the accident, she still lights candles, this time real candles in the safety of her home. Sometimes returning with love is about returning to an experience of pain and creating something new. A patient I'll call Miguel had been in the hospital for many weeks before he moved to the ICU. Miguel's intake chart noted not religious. When I introduced myself to Miguel, he did what I think of as spirit fingers and said, I'm gay. Me too, I said. He just looked at me for a while. And he said, so you're a chaplain? Then he said, are you gonna bless me with some ashes, chaplain? I smiled and told him that even though it wasn't Ash Wednesday, I could probably find some ashes if that's really what he wanted. Following my instinct, I said, but I'd prefer to bless you with glitter. Miguel smiled and said, cover me in glitter. <laughs> Miguel was hospitalized for many months. Over time, I learned about how Miguel felt ostracized by his church and how he felt he couldn't be spiritual as a gay man. He missed the rituals he had loved as a child, including Ash Wednesday. 
I told Miguel about why I had thought about a glitter blessing so many months before. I told Miguel about my first Ash Wednesday at Divinity School and how the queer theology group did a glitter blessing. They explained that this was a new offering to many who had felt kept out of Christian practices and that the marking of glitter on our foreheads was meant to show God's unconditional love for us exactly as God made us, an unconditional love that would last always. I remember seeing many of my classmates attend the glitter blessing, some with bare foreheads and some with ashes on their foreheads, the glitter bringing sparkle to the ash. Miguel loved hearing about this ritual and talked about the many rituals he would like to return to and make new. Months later, Miguel was at the end of his life and he knew this and he asked me to bless him. Miguel loved movies and his room was constantly showing his favorites. I blessed a bag of glitter using words from his saints Dorothy, Dumbledore, Elle Woods, and Mufasa. Then I sprinkled Miguel with glitter. Miguel's doctor, nurse, and respiratory therapist did the same. We covered him in glitter. A friend that I'll call Jenny hated high school and with very good reason. She never fit in and she was taunted relentlessly for it. She was never asked to a dance and was so scared she'd get teased for going that she never went. As Jenny grew up, she never forgot what she felt she missed out on. Jenny went on to create a life that she loved, filled with a loving wife, Amanda, and many friends. When Jenny turned 50, Amanda, Amanda lined their back patio with candles that spelled out prom, question mark, what, Jenny said when she saw this. Amanda said she loved Jenny and wanted to recreate some of the moments Jenny had missed out on. I bet I would have loved teenage Jenny. And I wanna show you that, Amanda said. So Jenny and Amanda and a big group of their friends dressed in prom attire and went out dancing. Then they went out to dinner in their poofy dresses and brightly colored suits. When Amanda and Jenny got home, Amanda asked Jenny to tell her what she remembered about her 17-year-old self. There are some moments that aren't safe to return to, and that's okay. For the moments we can return to, we can return to the past with love as individuals, we can return to the past with love as a group. Returning doesn't mean fixing. Margaret can't change the accident. Miguel couldn't erase the religious harm he experienced. And Jenny can't take away her high school experience. Returning with love can be simple or complex. It can be an intention, an action, a feeling, a hope. Our intentions, our actions, our feelings, our hoping, our loving, these are beautiful ways to tend to ourselves and to those we love. We cannot change the past, but we can revisit moments of hurt with the compassion of a loving friend from the future. 
When past pains arise, what tending might you need? I invite you to take a few minutes to think about the parts of your past that pull at you, parts you can return to. Are there moments you have tried to force away but can't? Are there moments you are ashamed of? Are there moments when you long to be cared for? What do you need as you remember these moments? Start with compassion. Sometimes compassion leads to returning to a moment and creating something new. Glitter for me and my classmates, tool dresses for Jenny. May your hearts and minds be open to opportunities of creation for yourself and for those around you. In one of their newest songs, artist Sam Smith uses a very traditional choral music style that when I first heard it, transported me to a cathedral. I think about how this style might be reminiscent of the music Miguel would have heard in the church he felt ostracized by. But with this, to me, church sounding music, Sam and their choir sing an anthem of acceptance, a message that I and probably Miguel never could have imagined hearing in the churches of our childhoods. Sam Smith has talked about religious harm they have experienced, and I wonder if this song is their returning to a past of exclusion and creating something new and inclusive. Here are the lyrics. Demons on my shoulder, monsters in my head. Shadow in the water, will you be my friend? The world revolves around me as I lay in my bed, dreaming of more, more. Be yourself so loud tonight, they'll hear you from the stars, sparkling like dynamite, if that is who you are. A hymn for Gloria, Gloria, it's all but a hymn for Gloria. The name Gloria means the glorious one. With your demons, with your monsters, with your shadows, you are glorious. You are worthy. May you be a friend to yourself as you live with your past hurts. May you know that your past deserves tending to. Consider a visit. And as you visit your past, may you gently coat your hurts with glitter. May you bring light to the dark, and may you return with love. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. These are the words of Jan Richardson's poem, Blessing in the Chaos. To all that is chaotic in you, let there come silence. Let there be a calming of the clamoring, a stilling of the voices that have laid their claim on you, that have made their home in you, that go with you even to the holy places, but will not let you rest 
will not let you hear your life with wholeness or feel the grace that fashioned you. Let what distracts you cease. Let what divides you cease. Let there come an end to what diminishes and demeans and let depart all that keeps you in its cage. Let there be an opening into the quiet that lies beneath the chaos where you find the peace you did not think possible and see what shimmers within the storm. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.